Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every Monday at this time, we welcome in Jeffrey Essery. He writes for Mile High Report uh, from SB Nation. Uh, Jeffrey, good morning. I, I, I tell you what, yesterday we were complaining last week about how bad things are, and this week we get to talk about a victory. It sure is nice, isn't it? Yeah, it feels good, and I know it felt good for the Bronco players and coaches um, to get a win. Vic Fangio was talking about his emotions walking off the field after that win, and he said the biggest one was relief because <laughs> you finally get um, one of these knots under your belt. So, yeah, it feels good. People have been clamoring to see what Drew Locke can do. Uh, Drew Locke goes out there, goes 18-28, just 138 yards, but two touchdowns, both to Cortland Sutton. How would you grade his performance? Um, I don't I'm terrible at giving letter grades, but I think he did well. Um, I mean, I think I'd, I'd probably give it a solid, you know, C plus, B minus. I mean, obviously you, um, you'd like to see him not have that interception there um, that he threw in the second half. But um, I thought he did really well, especially for his first ever NFL start and played with a lot of confidence and went out there and, you know, obviously um, looked really good on those touchdown passes. And, you know, you – you hope the young guy relies on his big time playmakers. And he did that, you know, he threw it up to Cortland Sutton and that's the smartest thing you can do as a quarterback um, in that offense. I mean, what, what's the biggest takeaway in, in your opinion from this, this 23, 20 win over the chargers yesterday? I think it was um, one of the big things was being able to see if Drew Locke, you know, I mean, the, all the conversation around him was, was he ready or not? And, you know, he didn't practice a lot throughout most of the year because he was hurt. And um, it was really about seeing if he could 
command the offense, go out there and, um, you know, look the part, um, essentially. And I think he did that. I think he answered a lot of questions. Obviously, you know, there's still a couple more games left in the year for him to continue to show what he's got. And even after a five-game audition, you're not going to know exactly what you have in him, but you have a pretty good idea at least of, um, you know, how he handles the moment. And I thought that from an intangible intangible perspective, you know, Drew Locke has always impressed me. Um, and I thought he showed that on the field yesterday and, um, you know, obviously played pretty well too. You know, he didn't put up uh, amazing numbers, but he got his team in good position, capitalized when, you know, they got a short field and went up 14, nothing, um, you know, and they, you know, kind of held on to the comfortable lead all game. It got a little tight there at the end, but I, I thought he did well and, um, you know, showed enough promise to continue to keep growing over the next couple games. Jeffrey Esser, our guest here from Mile High Report. When you look at the numbers from the two AFC West games yesterday, the winning team had way less total yardage than the opposing team. I mean, look at this, the Denver game, 218 to 359. You don't often see teams win when you only put up just over 200 yards of offense. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and a couple of those was, you know, Denver got some short fields and had to take advantage of them. And so, and that's another thing you got to keep into, you know, consideration as well. You know, Brandon Allen came out and looked pretty well in his first game, um, but he got some help as well from some big plays. And, you know, so Drew Locke did get some help. You know, obviously Denver really struggled to your point to move the ball in the second half and didn't put up, um, you know, near as much yardage, but they, um, you know, picked up a couple turnovers there in the, um, in the early goings and got that lead. And then it looked like they were going to kind of just, you know, try to sit on it a bit and bleed the clock out. And so, you know, I think that contributes to the total yardage as well, but yeah, um, Denver was kind of lucky to come away with the, the win there with how tight it came down to the end and how they struggled. And, you know, it's, we've been talking about these games all year of that come down to the final, you know, kind of drive and, um, in the final minutes and Denver's been on the losing end of too many of those this year. And so they finally, uh, you know, got on the winning end of this one. Well, they did play the chargers who are have who have way more close final losses than any other team. I think in NFL history, would you agree? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I saw a stat on the broadcast. I think it was like seven of their games or maybe it was all of their games this year for the chargers have come down to the final two minutes. Um, and, you know, Phillip Rivers obviously has really struggled in, in those situations over the last uh, several games and even the last, you know, year or two for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of the Chargers' M.O. there, and Denver took advantage. Jeffrey Esser, our guest here on the Morning Blitz. When you look at uh, that pass interference call at the end of the game uh, that got the Broncos in a field goal position, what's your thoughts on that call? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was a little bit, you know, I'm a Denver fan, and so... It's kind of one of those, well, you'll, I'll take it. But I was a little bit um, hesitant to agree with the call once I saw it. And usually you don't see the, the, the referees take the flag out in that situation because it was clear 
that Denver was just, you know, going for. I mean, obviously they were trying to make the play, but they were either hoping that Cortland Sutton would come down with an acrobatic catch or they would get exactly what they got there with the um, pass interference call. But once you saw the replay, I think it was pretty clear they didn't have a choice but to throw the flag um, with Casey Hayward. You know, he didn't have his head turned around um, and cut off the path of Cortland Sutton and drew and had contact. And so, you know, to me, once you saw the replay of that angle, it, it was pretty indisputable there. And you can kind of see why the referee had to throw the flag. Um, and I get it from Casey Hayward's perspective. He's just trying to make a play, but um, you know, it clearly to me, on the replay um, obstructed Cortland Sutton's path to the ball and made contact. And so, you know, you got to throw it there. And while we're on the topic, I mean, what a play by Vic Fangio there, what a call, um, you know, I, th- I think even the broadcast announcers were saying they're just going to kneel it out and go into halftime or go into overtime there. And um, after the game, Vic Fangio said, you know, the offensive coaches were saying they should just kneel it out and, Vic Fangio made the decision to know we're going to, we're going to try to go for this. Um, after they saw that um, big return from Deontay Spencer that got him close and they were going to try to get a field goal range. And so um, good for them as a gutsy call um, and it worked out and that's the kind of, you know, aggressive moves that, you know, you don't really have anything to lose at this point in the season, but those kind of things can carry on, you know, into next year and um, that aggressive mentality of we're going to go out and win this game. A couple more questions for you. You mentioned the play, of course, that got him in field goal range, Cortland Sutton. How much has he grown as a star, in your opinion, just this season? Oh, my gosh. It's been uh, really fun to watch. Um, and, you, you know, it's fun to see, one, a Denver draft pick start to pan out. Um, you know, they picked him in the second round last year, and he was, you know, pretty raw coming out. That was the, the kind of scouting report on him is that he had such immense talent, but he really had to kind of, come into it and develop um, and we saw flashes last year of what he could be and then this year he's just absolutely taken over um, and I think it's helped too that he's been the guy on offense he's had to really kind of step up um, when Demarius Thomas left and then Emmanuel Sanders leaves midway through the season it's kind of the Cortland Sutton show um, and so kudos to him for you know working his butt off and continuing to grow and and it's just been a lot of fun to watch and really I think an underrated part too is the job I know he takes a lot of heat for some of the play calling especially in this last game but Rich Scangarello the offensive coordinator um, I've broken it down on film several times for Mile High Report the um, situations that he's put Cortland Sutton in you know obviously Sutton has that 50-50 ball and it turns into a 90-10 ball essentially you can throw it up and he'll He'll go get it. Um, but then some of the other plays that Scangarello has done a really good job scheming um, Cortland Sutton open, especially early on in the season, um, I think has really helped um, build his confidence and um, you know kind of contribute to that breakout year that he's had. And so I think it's been a mix all around. The offense doing a good job um, featuring him as the number one guy and Cortland Sutton stepping into that role. And you hope to see, you know, this is his second year. He kind of had that second year jump. You would hope to see that from Noah Fant, um, who has showed a little bit of flashes here in his first year. You'd hope he makes a similar second-year jump um, next year that Sutton made this year. Uh, final question for you, Jeff, before we let you go. Vaughn Miller's 95-game starting streak snap, but he's deactivated with a left knee injury. I mean, now you've got both pass rushers out. How much of that is a problem for the Broncos going forward? Yeah, it was a big problem in the game um, this past week. Malik Reed. 
um, kind of came up hurt a little bit. And so he had to sit out and Denver was down to literally two outside linebackers. Um, and, you know, probably had to shift into some different formations if any of those guys need a break or, or get hurt. But fortunately, Malik Reed was able to come back and play. Um, but you're already without Bradley Chubb, and then Von Miller has to sit, and that defense is just, you know, continues to be beat up. And I think we saw some of that, you know, yesterday against the Chargers when they struggled in, in some of those plays, and Chargers were able to score a couple points on them there, especially at the end of the um, – on that – you know, one drive with the wheel route and stuff. It looked like Denver was just, you know, they're just, they're beat up and hurt. And, you know, obviously having your best player in Vaughn Miller out is not good for the defense, but I think it was the smart thing to do to kind of shut him down. Um, Vic Fangio said he may play next week. Um, and then, you know, obviously Derek Wolf got hurt in the game too. And the outlook isn't as optimistic with him. He may be done for the season with only four weeks left. And so, um, yeah, a lot of injuries there along the defensive line. And so, you know, it gives opportunities for young guys to step up, but it'll definitely take the teeth out of their pass rush. Um, and Denver will really have to get some production, uh, maybe blitz a little bit more. We saw them doing that a little bit, blitzing the nickel there um, with no, Nick Park, or excuse me, Will Parks um, playing the nickel slot blitzing and trying to get some more pressure. They're going to have to find ways to generate pressure outside of their edge pass rushers with you know, Miller out uh, if he ends up being out next week as well. Certainly interesting. Tough, tough games ahead here for the Broncos as well at the Texans, at the Chiefs over the next couple of weeks. Uh, once again, Broncos win 23-20. He is Jeffrey Esri, writes for MileHighReport.com. Jeffrey, as always, thank you so much for your time and insight, and uh, we'll catch you with you next Monday. Thanks, Ross. Take care.